Hello, everyone. You're listening to Say No to Tyranny, Say Yes to Barbecue podcast that seeks to flood the earth with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the water covers the sea. How's everyone doing today? Thank you for uh, listening to this episode. We got another great guest lined up. Um, we got Luke Campbell for state representative out of District 47 we're going to be talking to today. Um, thank you again for listening. This podcast can be found on iTunes and Spotify. We ask that you follow this podcast, that you tell somebody about this podcast, and we'd really appreciate that. This podcast is all about glorifying God in all areas of life. Christ is king and ruling over every square inch of the earth. Therefore, we believe all of Christ for all of life. So today we have a uh, special guest, uh, Luke Campbell. He is running again for District 47 and uh, in Indiana. He's running for the House Representative. And this is what Luke says on his Facebook page. You can find him on Facebook, Luke Campbell for Indiana Republican representative is what it's under luke campbell for indiana republican representative and when you go there this is the first thing that you're going to see and this is luke talking about himself and i'm just going to read it and we're going to start from there i am running for the office of state representative on the republican ticket for the house district 47 as a true patriot and statesman i'm going to turn off the notifications on my phone here so that don't interrupt I live in Shelbyville with my beloved wife, Krishawana. Krishana. Together, say that again. Krishana. Krishana. That is such a uh, uh, beautiful name, but I've never heard it before. Uh, Together, God has blessed us with three precious boys, Enoch, Joshua, and Caleb. I have been radically transformed by the sweet grace and love of Jesus. He saved me in 2004, and I have never been the same since. I am an entrepreneur who is self-employed as an insurance adjuster, self-defense firearm instructor, and I manage various startups. I'm a decorated combat veteran of Afghanistan who has shed my blood seeking to defend our beloved country. I believe that true patriots fight for the Constitution, the rule of law, in true freedom at all levels of civil government. They fight with the double-edged sword of truth in these arenas to establish and defend life, liberty, and the pursuit of true happiness, and prevent by all means possible the physical violence and wickedness that plague our world. In my free time, I love to pray, read, and study the Word of God, praise Him, train in survival as well as hunt rhinos, I assume those are Republican establishment people, not real rhinos (laughs) being injured. Rider or or B R R H I. Yeah. Rhinos. (laughs) Republican, Republican in name. There you go. Being injured and losing four of our own soldiers in Afghanistan, Afghanistan, 33 days before we were supposed to come home. I take freedom personally. When I raise my right hand to defend the Constitution, I will do so not only knowing what it says, but caring deeply about it as well as the originalist intent behind the timeless truth it contains. There are manly, there are many within the Republican Party that say they are Republicans, but they are doing the exact opposite of what Republicans' core beliefs are. These are not true Republicans. We need to wake up to what is going on. It's high time 
we purge them from their ranks. What motivates me is the love of God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving my neighbor as I love myself. So you must wear masks then, right? I desire freedom and to live a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and honesty for my family and my children, and hopefully my children's children. Your vote for me will be one you can make with the utmost confidence that I will say what I mean, and I mean what I say, and I will do what I have stated I intended to do. So help me, God. So, Luke, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for coming on. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And it's a it's a pleasure to, to talk to you, and I've been talking to a lot of different people um, who are running for office, and it's just been a real blessing for me knowing that there's so many Christian men and women, but particularly, I, I'm really excited that there's a lot of Christian men stepping up and answering the call. Um, so in that, what I just read, it talked about you being an, um, a veteran in the Afghan uh, war. What happened there where you, you got injured and you lost three of your guys? Now, is that uh, part of my ignorance? So are you like in a platoon or are you in a, what, what would you call that exactly where, what, what you're serving in there? When you- well, pl- platoon size depends on what type of unit it is. So usually, like infantry, they they have a whole lot larger uh, platoon. Um, some of, some of the other uh, disciplines, like like I was in active duty, I was a tanker, and and we had uh, we had like sixteen people in a platoon, but in four four in each squad. But in in like an infantry platoon, you might have like I don't know, like fifteen twenty guys in a squad. Um, so as as a as a combat engineer, which is what I was in Afghanistan, um, we we had uh, a smaller platoon. It was it was probably a half the size of the infantry. Um, and actually, the guys there was actually four of them that we lost. Um, Thirty three days before we were supposed to come home, and and that was actually one of our own that was that was in our platoon. But but they took him and promoted him, and and uh, and he he ended up running his own platoon. Um, but they were they were basically uh, moved to a different part of the country and and so it was it was kind of two different events that happened um i was i was in country for about 20 days and um trying to kind of set us up for failure or not not necessarily set us up for failure but the guys we we, we came in uh to replace or, or relieve they they actually said we're going to be bored um it's it's quiet here there's there's nothing really going on and and um and and so we it, it kind of we I, I think it in some way it kind of let our guard down uh but we were we were taking a trip from uh Taren Cow uh to another part of the country um and and basically got hit by an IED um I was in the the turret of our Humvee I was on rear security it wasn't an up armored Humvee which which means that the the turret um, didn't have really adequate armor to protect myself but I, I i did you had probably a thin piece of metal uh from the turret that 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 could have shielded me from the blast but i wasn't i was i was at, at 11 o'clock which which means that my that that piece of metal was actually facing to the side of the humvee and i believe it was a hundred and thirty millimeter artillery shell um they had buried in the side of the road had a uh, copper wire uh, hooked to it and then it was running 
hundreds of feet up the road. It was in a natural wadi, and they basically um, had a battery switch and a, and a, or a light switch and a, and a battery and uh, sent a charge to it as soon as they saw the Humvee go down into that wadi and, and uh, blew, blew the front half of the Humvee off. So my um, my half my body was outside <laughs> outside the Humvee at the time, um, and honestly th- thought I was dead. But you know everything went black, and and then I realized I was alive, and I I jumped up, and um, we were actually on amber uh, weapon status, which just means that that we we had. Um, ammunition in the weapon but we weren't we weren't ready to, to actually fire so i i charged my my squad automatic weapon and I, I couldn't hear anything like my hearing went out and i had like like just temporarily but you know you ever heard, heard like ringing in your ears yeah 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 it, it was like that times 100 so the ringing was so loud i couldn't hear anything else so i couldn't even hear like my machine gun charging and um I, I looked around and there was dust everywhere and I was, I was just like, I can't see anything either. So I popped back down into the Humvee to make sure everybody was okay and saw this uh, red stuff like spraying on the windshield. And I was like, oh, no. And, uh, but then I was like, oh, that's on the outside. It was uh, it was actually power steering fluid. Oh, so wow. Th- th- thankfully, everybody else was okay. But, yeah, it, it, it threw me forward and split my head open and busted my knee. Uh, pretty good lost my hearing um they they thought i had like a slight concussion from it but um yeah the, our our other guys they, they actually got hit by i think it's about 20 20 pounds of tnt uh in their humvee and and all all four of them died um the other the one fellow that was in the turret um he got blown out of it and and almost had his legs blown completely off but he he lived long enough uh, before the the medevac chopper got there and and then he, he died uh, right before they put him on it. Um, so, wow. Wow. So like after they detonated that thing, um, was there gunfire that followed or did they kind of just leave you alone at that point and you guys were able to do what you had to do to get out of there? Well, no, there was, there was no gunfire that, the strange thing about it is is the captain that we were with at the time thought that it was just some modern day pirates that were hoping that we would just leave our vehicle and they were going to strip it of the equipment and stuff and we were kind of dumbfounded by that we we're like we're, we're in a war you know like they're they're right. trying to kill us i don't think they're just trying to steal stuff from us you know and um and i it, it could have been because like 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 i said like there, there it was slow before we got there uh the other guys i guess they said nothing happened while they were there like the whole year um but we had intel before we even went overseas um that that the taliban was going to pick up their their efforts they said it was a hard winter on them and they were gonna they're gonna really try to uh take it to us uh in the summertime um these particular people that attacked us i don't know if they they really um like had that as a plan i think they they more had a plan just to just to try, try to set that ied off uh kill us kill as many of us as they could and then that's that was it but we ended up naming that place ied alley and we went back there through, with some other guys um that that had trained the afghan national army and they they um 
they they basically they they went through the first time and they they sent the ANA up on the the mountain sides to to clear the mountains which was which was good for them to do but the second time they went through they're just just overconfident and they got hit by an IED because they didn't they didn't uh they didn't switch they, and we were with them at that time and they didn't they didn't uh they didn't clear the mountains that time and and um thankfully they they weren't very good i guess it aiming the IEDs in that valley and it blew up be- between the cab and the bed of this A&A truck and two of the A&A jumped out, which they, they, they jumped about 14 feet. So one of them, I think broke his femur um, and they had to be medevaced out. But um, after that, we, they went up into the mountains. There were some firefights. Um, we had a vehicle come uh, to come pick up the disabled vehicle and then they got hit by an IED and started taking small arms fire and, and, and at that point we actually did I was involved in a you know basically a firefight wow that is uh thank you uh thank you for uh Luke for your service and you know what year was that when that all happened uh that was I was there oh five oh six okay so obviously we know what's happened in Afghanistan this last year. What mm-hmm. is somebody like you who went over there, who served their country, who wanted to protect us back home and you're willing to give your life and you were in the, you were in combat. What, what do you think, what goes through your mind on what happened this year in Afghanistan with us pulling out the way we did? Um, I mean, it, it, on on one point it's, it it wasn't a surprise to me at all. Um, there's in, and I've posted about this, but there's a documentary. It's, it's obviously has rough language in it, but it's, it's just reality. Um, and, and whatever you think about vice, I mean, they, they, they did the documentary, but I, I thought it was pretty well done at least that particular one and it was called uh it was it was labeled this is what winning looks like and and it was kind of it was kind of just a a a a sarcastic way of putting that um because you know and this this was years ago that they did this documentary and and i guess they had some congressmen that came in that were debriefed by the military and told like how well they were doing in afghanistan and uh and then the quote was the quote was said i can't remember now if it was the military guy or the actual congressman but they actually said like folks this is what winning looks like and and the reason that it was that the the documentary sarcastically named that is because they actually follow people in country that were like basically one guy just had to walk out of it because he's like this is completely false this is not what's going on um we you know we're we're not we're not winning basically um I, I can tell a story from from my like standpoint of 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 just some of the things that I saw there that really really grieved me, really made me think about you know like and I've I've mentioned this before but you know to, and I mentioned this to a lot of people like you know when I when I raised my right hand to defend the Constitution against all enemies you know foreign and domestic uh, back in two thousand um, I really had no idea what it said I mean sadly like to my shame and. And I, I would say that's probably true for 90 percent of the of the soldiers that raise the right hand. Uh, they don't know what it says. And, and that's probably true for 90 percent of of 
of of legislators that that actually have to do the same thing when they're sworn into office um, in our state legislator. They don't know what the state constitution says or, or our federal constitution. And um, and sadly, if they do know what it says, they, they don't even care. Um, so we, we kind of leave it up to the Supreme Court to try to tell us uh, what it means. Um, and uh, and, you know, it, it wasn't until like that happened that that, you know, that I was in Afghanistan in, in, in war where where they were actually making this. I mean, we, we're over there in Afghanistan now because of the decisions that our government made, you know, for us to be there. Um, and, and, and were they constitutional decisions? You know, have we declared war, you know, since like World War Two, uh, as as it's supposed to be, uh, you know, in our Constitution? And um, and so. Um, so so, you know, it, it just kind of opened my eyes to a lot of like the corruption and things like that that goes on in war and 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 just the type of relationship that we have, like with the people there on the ground um, before I before I like when I first got there in country, there was I remember going through a briefing where a captain uh, basically said we're going to meet with this uh, Afghan National Police and um they're not the best of people, but but they hate the Taliban. We hate the Taliban, uh, so we work together. And I remember driving in there. I was in the turret at the time. I was a gunner, and I remember driving up to this Afghan National Police uh, compound, and uh, there's poppy fields like everywhere, and and um, the locals were working the poppy fields, um, and you know this is where where opium you know comes from. And uh, and it's like the, the, these poppy fields belong to the Afghan National Police. So they're making the, the ton, they're making like a lot of money, and opium becomes heroin, correct? For the most part, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. and uh, and so and their government is banking off of this crop, is what you're saying. Am I following you correctly? Yes, yes, and, and people that we're working with, and a lot of times, you know, um, and you can see, like, even in that in that documentary, how they, uh, you know, tried to train up police, uh, you know, uh, Afghan police and special units, and like, like half of them, or it may have been less than that, but they had to send they had to send some some home because they're high on drugs, like they couldn't even pass a drug test. Um, and this is our U.S. military trying to work with these people and. And, and trying to train them to be actually protect their country so that the Taliban actually cut through uh, the Afghan National Army and the AMP like a hot knife through butter to me or the people that were there was not surprised at all. And, and should our should our leadership, should our president, should our military have known that was going to happen? Absolutely. And they probably did, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you knew that, how can they not know that? I mean, I think it took 11 days and I think they had, uh, I, I might be wrong on this, but I think they had three to 500,000 soldiers trained and in 11 days they fell after mm-hmm. the United States said they're done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you're saying, Hey, I knew that was going to happen just from what you experienced over there. And yet. Our- yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm just an E5. I'm a sergeant there, you know? So, mm-hmm. I mean, we knew that. I mean, it, it, you know, the the the, the general and like the, his name's even slips in my mind right now. That, that was it, Libby. The I'm sorry, who? I'm sorry, Libby. Are you talking about? Maybe I'm the the, uh, the main general. fellow that was on Congress. I was watching some of his hearings. Okay, um, it kind of got um, 
kind of got prominent, even like contesting with Trump and everything. Um, he 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 was even reported, I think, before before this even happened, that 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 he was one of the ones that was reporting that you know we're that this country's good, this military's good. I mean, we're, we we trust them, you know, to be able to take care of themselves and everything. And it, it was just it was just a fabrication, I believe. I mean, we, we, and, and that's, that's some of the grievous things that, that, that really happened though, you know, because at the same time we're fighting a global war on drugs. It's like, how are we fighting a global war on drugs? And our military is even involved in this. Um, back home here, I was doing an inspection one time and uh, the, the, as an insurance adjuster, you know, in, in um, the homeowner wasn't home. It was the, uh, her son her son was home and, and and he said you know i don't even live here i'm just home on home on leave i said well, oh, what what branch are you in he said navy and i and i said where where were you coming from he said south america said, south america I said, what were you doing down there he said uh i i was uh i was there for part of the task force of the global war on drugs i was like hmm. and i can't remember it was the fellow i think that was connected with benghazi and uh, he was doing an interview with someone one time, and, and they were asking him, you know, did you watch this on CNN or did you watch this on Fox? He said, man, I don't even talk to those people anymore. I don't get my news from them. I'd rather just talk to the people that are on the ground. And um, I knew why he said that because really uh, the people on the ground have a lot better perspective of the things that are going on anyway. So I, I basically asked this fellow, I said, well, I'm, I'm just curious, what you, what'd you think about? Well, I think first I asked him, I said, you ever get into any scary situations? And he was like, oh, yeah. And, I, and then I asked him, I said, uh, I'm just curious also, what do you think about that that whole global war on drugs? And he said, uh, mm, I don't agree with it. you know. And we didn't go into all the reasons why, why he didn't agree with it, but I'm sure he saw some things there in South America that just didn't seem right. You know, um, me being in Afghanistan and seeing that we're working with drug dealers to try to combat the Taliban, um, you know, it's 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 just I mean, in a sense, the Taliban has this just self-righteous, self-justifying attitude like, you know, the U.S. comes in here. They take the country away from us and um, and then they prop up drug dealers and people that are child molesters, which is. A very real and well-known thing that was going on there um, yeah. with the, with the Afghan National Police um, in in the Afghan National Army. Um, there was I was connected with some civil affairs people there in Afghanistan, and they uh, they 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 said they they told me about this guy J Mo who's in Tarrantcout, and uh, and he's he had like four, five, six wives. Had like thirty something kids, but they said his his real passion was small boys, and 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 this fellow they was at, they were actually using to uh, supposedly paying him a certain amount of money to protect an American base, which was just insane. Um, because it's like I thought we were the strongest military in the world. Why do we need protection from a local warlord? You know, but th that was well known amongst. They said, "Yeah, J Mo," uh, as they called him, John Muhammad. But they, they said, "J Mo, he he has like four or five wives, but his real passion is little boys." And it's Whoa. like, man, like we're we're working with people like this. Yeah, and you know, <laughs> like, not only that, and 
I mean, I remember I was watching something. I don't remember what it was now. But it was during how they pulled out of Afghanistan, and they were talking about all their accomplishments. And one of their accomplishments was that they were teaching the Afghan people about um, LGBTQ rights. And they hung uh, the gay pride flag on the military bases in the month of June. Were you familiar? Did you see that? No. Okay. And I'm like, wow, you know, I bet that, and and granted, they they serve a false god, but they're still Mm -hmm. a religious people and they have morals and convictions. And if a Mm -hmm. country comes in and starts, you know, promoting that kind of um, debauchery, then that they can't they they can they they really can't respect America all that much um in in what we were doing there if that's what kind of message we're we were trying to um give them and to change their their way of life and making it more western I don't know but I'm just a guy looking at it from thousands of miles away so mm-hmm. what uh what do you think it's like right now now that we're out and what what do you think's going on in that country today um you think it's better off that we're not there or do you think that it was better when we were there i i i'm of the opinion of of like the founders you know that the the less you know we i don't believe that we should be policing the world um and basically telling the world how to live you know we have we have enough problems here at home and, and just just offending ourselves and being involved in, in just wars um, is is my my perspective um, on it. So, I mean, you know, there can be there can be atrocities done in other countries and in in and, you know, we 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 can you know condemn those things and and try to determine you know if 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 that's something that we need to be involved in but you know as as you know there's there's enough atrocities right here in america it's kind of like what why who are we basically to go into other countries and say you can't do that when 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 all the the wicked things that we're involved in right here at home um are most of ju- just as bad you know like like even with the slaughter of of just the most innocent among us by the by the tune of like three thousand a day and that is a great transition point because um you know what I like about what you're doing, Luke is when you look at your your website, like you start off with the Constitution on a lot of your stuff. So you know you're you're saying that you didn't know what the Constitution said back in 2000. A lot of the mm-hmm. politicians today don't even know what the Constitution says, but you're laying out your issues and then you're laying out where you're finding this at in the Indiana Constitution um, on where you stand and and so, Let's talk about that a little bit. Um, On your issues page, you have a few issues listed here. One is the first one, health freedom. Mm -hmm. The second one, protection of life. Second amendment, um, the uh, elimination of taxes and unconstitutional fees and election reform. So I just had Mark Hewitt or uh, David Hewitt on the other day, and we talked Mm -hmm. a lot about the protection of life. You know David pretty well? I'm getting to know him. All right, um, good. So you didn't know each other before running? Very well. I, I I believe we might have seen each other before. 
um, at, at different functions, but I, I, I really didn't get to sit down and talk to him uh, just in, until just recently. Okay. So. Well, that's awesome to know that, that, you know, you guys are getting to know each other. Um, so mm-hmm. let's start with health freedom. Uh, it says that you believe in individual health freedoms and will fight to end our governor's state of emergency as well. Audit the numbers, which is interesting. What do you mean by auditing the numbers? Well, I, I'm in agreement with with John Jacob that that you know to to sort of serve real transparency, um, an independent audit of the COVID numbers is is absolutely essential um, for, for because it's 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 behind the numbers that all these decisions are being made. You know, if you read the the governor's recent executive order, one of the reasons that he's saying that he's justified in doing this is because of these numbers. Um, and because of the threat of them. Yeah, that's good. So when you get in there, uh, when you win your election, th- that's going to be one of your top priorities is to have an audit on the true numbers of what COVID is in the state of Indiana and what it was. Yes. And, and I mean, part of, I'll just say part of the problem I think with this is that, is that, you know, you can, you can go and you can search and, and you can see that, that even even other doctors, even medical associations are 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 trying to bring. They, they might not even question the numbers, but they're they're they are acknowledging that there's a problem with the reporting of it. You know whether or not somebody has died with COVID or whether or not they died of COVID. You know, right. and um, I, I think that's that's a very important. I mean, especially if if you're going to if you're going to make your decisions on lockdowns and mask wearing and, and, you know, shutting down churches and things like that based on these numbers, you know, it's, it's great that the state does have, you know, a website that tries to give you all this data. But I mean, to me, it's, it's not, it's, it's not as detailed as it needs to be. Yeah. Do you think that the governor has the right or the government has the right to shut down churches, even in the midst of a pandemic? Uh, no, no, he doesn't. Um, I actually, I actually signed on a document which I do believe was ignored by the governor, but uh, with other Baptist uh, ministers that basically said that we we know we we respect the office. You know, we believe it's ordained by God, but we we actually answer answer to God, and um, you know, despite you know your orders that we shut down our churches, we're, we're going to obey God. It's, it's better to obey God rather than man. Amen. So was that, uh, with Cameron gray or was that a whole different thing? Cause I remember seeing something on uh, Facebook of him writing a letter also, was that with him or was that something else you're done? Uh, no, I think I saw that. Um, I think Cameron's might've been more individual. I don't, I don't know. Did he, did he, did he actually write that with other pastors? Um, I don't know if he did or not. I wasn't sure if he, if he, that was individual or if that was, uh, you know, a collective effort, but that's good. And I'm glad to hear churches doing that. And, and mm-hmm. so, uh, yeah. Um, so that, I mean, I think that's a big problem and it's, it's really the type of government overreach that our founding fathers would never have allowed. I mean, they could imagine it because that's why they wrote such a beautiful constitution and gave us all our checks and balances. And they knew what was in the heart of men when they, you know, when, 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 when they have power. Um, and so 
but it is amazing to me still. I still look back out of all of it, and that is what blows my mind the most, is that the governor actually shut down churches and told them how to take the sacraments. And mm-hmm. I'm getting ready to interview a local sheriff candidate, and I went on my uh, social media pages, and I was like, just from my county, I was like, you know, what questions do you want me to ask him? And we had tons of great questions, but not one of them was, will he allow churches to be shut down again? And I just wonder, it was kind of disappointing in a way, because I was just like, why? I, I don't know if people are up in arms about it or not, but I I hope they are. So I'm glad to hear that yeah. you'd be against that. Um, I mean, it, it, I think part of the problem was, and it, there, there is, there is, it's almost. I, I was somebody shared an article with me recently about how how there's basically a war going on right now, and um and, and it does it, it does seem that way. It actually reminded me of the, of the Cold War. They said, you know, it was waged on political, economic, and propaganda fronts, and it had only limited recourse to weapons. I mean, how much does that sound like America right now? Yeah. Um, the, there, there's a political, economic. And propaganda war being fought and and it really does seem like it's between the left and the right um but you know if we're gonna like quote unquote get through this together and work together um you know i would say folks of my persuasion are kind of like well we 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 want we want to we want to see things at least not being hypocritically done i mean um we, we we if these if if this is such a threat uh, to us you know then why is wh- why are certain things being allowed and other things being shut down why isn't there a a a consistent application of the law you know i mean back back when uh the, the, this first you know where things really started getting locked down you know all the grocery stores were still allowed to be open um yeah you know i, I almost thought Maybe I should just go to my local Kroger, go to the you know the potato chip aisle and and set set up set up a stand you know and just preach there. I mean, I, no no aisle at the grocery stores actually gives you six feet between you know the other patrons. Right. You know, you know. So so, but I'm legal. <laughs> I'm legal to preach next to the potato chips, right. but I'm not legal to preach in a church building. Yeah. You know. And, and, um, and, you know, so just the inconsistency in the, in the, in the hypocrisy about how it's been applied, it's really hard to take them serious. Right. You know, I remember we were going down to Indianapolis to preach the gospel at the abortion mills right after this happened. And it was, we were in lockdown and we got threatened to be arrested for there for about two to three weeks. We thought for sure they were going to arrest us and throw us in jail for being outside Mm -hmm. We weren't even, you know, we were outside, we were just preaching the gospel and we were threatened to go to jail and they're going to arrest us and take us to jail. And, and then again, mm-hmm. you can go to a Walmart, you can go to any big corporation and they can operate just fine because they're essential. I have a guy mm-hmm. coming on my podcast here in the next couple of weeks and he owns a franchise of a corporate restaurant. And he refused to wear the mask. And we refused to wear the mask in our private little, you know, family-owned restaurant. We got shut down by the, by, by the health board. Uh, but he refused to wear the mask. And they told him since he was a corporation, they were not going to shut him down. And he's coming on and telling his story. And I am just floored 
that that is what, I mean, it's not about health. I'm not floored about that. That's no surprise. It never was about health. But what Mm -hmm. I am floored about is how they would just tell him that they're not going to shut him down because he is a corporation. And I think that went on all over the board when it comes to this whole nonsense of being essential and non-essential. Do you think that Mm -hmm. the governor should be able to deem people essential and non-essential in the case of an emergency? Oh, no. No, I don't. I mean, you know, obviously everyone needs to work, you know, to provide for their family, you know, and, and, you, you know, unless, unless they have that, 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 that to them is, is essential, you know, and, and, you know, they, they, they may talk about aid. I was just, I was just, uh, listening recently about how, uh, the federal government supposedly awarded us like a couple billion dollars for aid. Um, you know, but, but, you know, again, it, it, you know, even when those things happen, like the COVID relief uh, bills and programs like that, it's like, I don't, I don't trust the governor even, even, or the government itself, you know, to be able to provide for people or help people, you know, when it comes down to it, it's, it's, it's the individual that has that responsibility to take care of themselves and, um, and take care of their family. Uh, you know, so, so, so yeah, I mean, you know, you find out how, how essential something is, even if you're, you know, no matter what your job is, right. you know, like if you work at a mattress store, which I'm looking at right now, you know, it's like if you, you know, you know, if you're not able to go and, and sell mattresses anymore, you're not able to feed your family, right. you know, so. And that job was um, very essential to that person, wasn't it? Selling his, those mattresses to feed his family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the nonsense and, and so of basically, all. basically what, what, what and, and, and that's the whole idea between, behind freedom in, in, and the free exchange and a free market economy and all of that as well. I mean, it's it's not free if you if you're having uh, you know some you know government official telling you you know that that uh, it's 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 either essential or not essential. I don't I don't think that's the role of government to to be able to determine that um, you know when it comes to the economy. And, and and you know that's that's what's crazy again about it. It's like it's 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 it was hypocritically. Uh, unjustly applied um, to just to just certain certain businesses, you know. So. Yeah. Um. So, Luke, let me ask you this before we go on to the next point. Um. So you were a patriot, and when you were over in Afghanistan, so you've been a patriot for a long time, and you stood you you, you stood up and said, "Hey, I will go fight for this country." Now, fast forward, what, 14, 15 years, you're finding yourself in the state of Indiana. You have a family, you have three three children, and you feel, I assume, or you, you know that it's time for you to stand up and fight again. So now you're fighting in a different way. You are running for office. What got you to stop? You said you're an entrepreneur. You said that you have a, a couple businesses. You help manage startups. You do self-defense and training, um, things like that. And you want to live a peaceful, peaceable, quiet life. Like the scriptures calls us to do what Mm -hmm. got you off your couch in a, in, in a sense and said, it's time for me to run for office. What, what got you there? Well, I mean, I, I would say that I didn't, 
I've, I've watched videos of, of like, of like interviews with, with politicians and things like that, you know, that nobody else watches, but, um, where they're basically asking them, you know, about their life and, and everything. And, and I heard some of them actually saying like, you know, ever since I was younger, like I, I wanted to be a politician and I, and I, and I heard, I was like, th- that is like 100% the opposite of me, you know, like most, 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 most people would probably say like, like, you know, the, at least when I was growing up is like the, the, the worst people in the world are politicians and, and lawyers, you know, and it's, and it's, it, it, I, I kind of understand why that is because like some, some well, I understand why they would say that. It's it's interesting. You get into politics and you actually find that there's a lot of lawyers in politics. So they kind of go, they kind of go hand in hand. But the average person, I think, who doesn't who doesn't really, I think people by nature are non-confrontational, and and I'm the same way. Um, but I kind of had to get over myself. And when you get, but when you get involved in politics, like in any degree, and you notice that the that the rules and everything get changed all the time and that those who are in power, like try really corrupt and dirty moves, you know, to try to stay in power. Uh, it, it turns the average person off like even more. So it's like, they might run for office here. They might run for office there, but then they're like, you know, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm not messing with politics ever again. It's like way too corrupt. It's way, way too messed up. And, um, I know it's been often quoted, um, but but I think it, it there's a, a great deal of uh, truth to it. Where the 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 famous quote by Edwin Burke that that the only thing needed for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing, and and I think I think what you know just just as you read there in that post, you know what what motivates me. Um, you know, I would say if God hadn't saved me, like I, I probably would not care about politics at all. I would, I would probably, you know, once I got out of the military and all that, I would, I would just live by myself, and I would say, leave me alone, and 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 I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry myself with with everything that was going on. I know a lot of people are very uh, pessimistic about politics and voting and stuff like that too. That probably would have been me. I would have just been like, no. I'm not, I'm not, you know, they, it can all, you know, go to wherever, but, you know, I'm just going to stick to myself and then just don't mess with me, you know, but, but, um, I think when, you know, when God saved me, you know, back in 2004, uh, it, it, he, he, he implanted in me a sense of justice, a sense of, of just love, you know, towards him and love towards my neighbor. And you can't, it, it's it's like I say, if some some of the people in Afghanistan and the and kind of the corrupt things that I saw, even even amongst their own government going on there, like like you know we have we have um, well well I just I just say like like you you can, it's easy to be in a situation like that and just close your eyes to everything going on and just saying I'm just going to do my job and I just want to get home and that's it you know. Um, but it, but it's not very hard to just open your eyes and see some of the things that are going on and say, wait a second, like, why are we doing that? You know, like, like that, that's messed up, you know? And, um, I mean, one example I could say that, I, that I really didn't like is that we, you know, we have a job in the military called cooks, you know, you actually get that MOS as a cook. Uh, but when I went to Afghanistan, most of the, most of the country, like in the main areas where the where the uh, you know the, the the chow that they provided us was ran by a private company, you know Kellogg Brown and Root. I was like, you know what? 
what civilian got this contract to, 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 to sell food, you know, to the U S and they're probably paying them a ton more than they're paying the average army cook, you know, just, just to feed us. So, so seeing things like that, um, in, in, in our own state government and believing that, you know, it really like one thing that helped me, like, even when I started looking at government and, and like thinking about getting involved and, and believing that I needed to be involved was, was just, um, it, it was overwhelming for one. I mean, you look at, you look at all the problems and stuff that we're having in our country and then you just zoom in down to a state level. And you're like, wow, look at all the problems going on there. It's like you kind of think, how in the world am I going to fix it? And, you know, how can I be a part of fixing this? How can I be a part of helping this out? And it, and it, and it, and I think God helped me by just like really reducing it down to an individual level. Yeah. Like and, and, you know, you first get and learn how to govern yourself well, you know, and then you learn how to govern your household well. Yeah. And then from and then from there, you know, you can move out to. I think a lot of these complicated problems can be handled as when you break them down uh, to a simplistic manner. And so, um, you know, just 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 being involved, like in in the and seeing the atrocities that were going on. I know um, we've touched on this already, but like <clears throat> I think one of the things that really got me, like I wasn't really on the couch, but I, I guess what got me up to think about i need to do something more is uh, i think there was the centers for medical progress where they published all their videos about how planned parenthood was was um you know selling trying to sell baby body parts yeah um, i remember that you know that had been aborted and i think a lot of people were outraged about that but i went basically on my own to this planned parenthood in in indianapolis and just and just you know, preached and and protested basically out there about what was going on, and then and then um and then and then, and then to know you know and things and then you start learning about the the injustices and things like that are happening even with our federal government giving giving Planned Parenthood you know five hundred million dollars uh, a year um in basically saying you know you can't use it on abortions but you know money's fungible and obviously they've increased the amount of abortions that they're doing. And uh, I, I, I'm just saying that, that, like on on a local level, I think we can fight back against things like that, like defunding Planned Planned Parenthood. You know, if we have the courage to do so, um, yeah. and, and on a local level, people telling me, I think John, you know, I met John Jacob um, years ago, and I actually met him because I was trying to preach to him. Like I was, I was in a grocery store, and I <laughs> and I gave him a gospel track, and he was like, he just smiled at me, and he was like, "Thank you so much." He's like, you know nobody has ever tried to witness to me before or it's like been very rare <laughs> he know? probably was there doing the same thing he probably pulled out his gospel tracks and handed you one too didn't he yeah i was with another fellow at the time and he he invited us to an evangelism class that he was teaching so yeah. so um at his at, at the church that he was at at the time but but um but you know we we stayed in touch you know over the years and and he uh he basically you know told me like like luke you know because I, I, I somehow he found out I was I was at in front of Planned Parenthood. I don't I don't think they were doing abortions there. And he said, you know, there's this place right there on Arlington, you know. And I was like, man, I didn't I didn't know about that. And I I actually grew up like right right around there, right tenth tenth and uh, tenth and Campbell actually. And it's just crazy. It's like what you know, just just down the street from you, 
like there's little innocent babies being murdered and it's you know it's it's you, you go there I, 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 for anybody that's not been I, I guess I can kind of understand why people uh, don't want to be involved in that type of ministry but it, it is one of the the most sobering sombering uh, you know ministries that you can take part in as you you know stand there outside of this building and you realize that that there's little innocent babies being just slaughtered right right on the other side of the wall you yes. know and yeah. It just, you know, it's like, what, what can I do about this? You know, and then you go, you go to your legislature because you think, you know, that this is the ending of an innocent human life. You know, our Indiana code, you know, even recognizes that. I believe in article uh, one, section one of our Indiana state constitution says the author and creator of all life, God created all human beings in his image. Every human life is a gift from God. It is also an irrefutable sign. Oh, I think this might be your own language. Re- <laughs> yeah, that's okay. my own. All right, I was yeah. reading. I thought you were quoting that. I got to hear. I'll uh, look yeah, it up real quick. Yeah, section one. Yes. Sorry well, about that. We, no, uh, section one of our Indiana State Constitution, all people are created equal. Yes, that they are creator with certain inalienable rights that among these are life, which would be, mm-hmm. th- that's where that fall under, liberty in the pursuit of mm-hmm. happiness. Well, it fall under all three. But, okay, so this brings me to my next point, Luke, and that is clearly the Indiana State Constitution protects life. Them allowing Mm -hmm. abortion to be in the state of Indiana is going against our Constitution. When I ask them, okay, when I ask them, why are you being unconstitutional when it comes to abortion, I hear the same answer every time, and that is federal law trumps state law. Now... Mm -hmm. What would you say to somebody who's in office that would tell you that? What federal law are you talking about? Well, so like abortion, <laughs> like, well, they would say Roe versus well, that, Wade. No, that's exactly, that's exactly what I would ask him. I would say, what, what law are you talking about? Right. You know, um, and, and if they did say Roe versus Wade is the law of the land, uh, which I understand uh, a, a legislator who the life bill and that, I mean, I hope that I answered that question, you know, just right. Like it was it was basically the the motivation that, you know, that right that that justice is not being done. And and when you look around and nobody's willing to stand up and fight, I mean, that that's part of the thing, too. It's like our politicians are willing to send our soldiers overseas to die, you know, for us. But they won't shed one little drop of political blood. You know, right. to 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 defend the most innocent among us, it's just it's just appalling. I think we need people in office that have the same courage as the soldier that's willing to die, you know, for his country. Yes. And and I and, I, and currently there's a great void of that. So that's one reason why I believe I need to stand up at least try to be an example to others. Like, hey, this is the way we need to lead. This is the way that we need to legislate. You know, we need to have backbones of steel, uh, you know, skin like alligators and hearts like doves, you know? So, um, so, so yeah, I would ask, I mean, the the legislator basically said that, you know, Roe versus Wade is is the law of the land. And that just shows you, and this is a Republican representative and it, it just shows you like, 
the great ignorance or just just the just the outright lies of of those that are in office right now that claim to be Republican. Um, you know, our our Indiana uh, state or or Indiana Republican Party platform does say like right there in the beginning that we believe in federalism. You know, we believe the federal government was formed by the states and that the Tenth Amendment of the Constitution uh, appropriately provides that those powers not enumerated uh, to the federal government are reserved to the states and to the people. Um, you, you know, our, our Constitution itself uh, n- never gave the right to the Supreme Court uh, to make laws. Right. So right. so how could a legislator in their right mind who raises their hand to defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic, say that Roe is the law of the land? Yep. No, it, it is. And it, it's, it's very frustrating because obviously we know that law can only come through the legislative branch. And it, there has never mm-hmm. been a law put on our books about abortion. It was a Supreme Court who can't even make law. And then we just fall in line because somebody up the line said, this is the way we're going to approach this. Everybody, because they don't have a backbone and they don't have a spine of steel, they don't have alligator skin and they don't even have hearts of a dove because if they had hearts of a dove, they'd be fighting to end abortion in the state of Indiana, but they're fighting to save their political careers. And in doing so, they are, they are throwing away the Republican Party as a whole, or the platform as a whole, and they're becoming something that's not even recognizable anymore on who they even are besides a moderate Democrat maybe, but they have an R behind their name. And I'm going to jump around here just for a second. On your thing, okay. you want election reform. And um, you said that our elections should be free and open as well as secure. Now... You were there on Saturday night at that dinner, and you heard, you heard Trevor Loudon speak about open primaries. Now, mm-hmm. I haven't heard anybody really put this on their platform that, that you know that I've interviewed or that I've looked at that they are going to try to change that. Do you think the reason why we have Republicans who are unwilling to be a Republican, and what I mean by that is Republicans who don't even um, believe in the platform of what the Republicans used to stand for? Do you think that's a direct effect to open primaries? And should we do something to close the primaries so we can get more conservative Republicans in there? Um, it's a good question. Um, it, it, it definitely, I, like like you, I it, I it wasn't something that I that I had really heard of before. Um, but like the, you know, I I did think that you know when when you know folks voted. Um, you know, they, they basically determine their political party. I know it's not, I know it's not a fit. You can't, you, you can't, there's not like by law official uh, um, party affiliation, but um, that, that you can state that you are in Indiana. Um, but I, I think something like that needs to be considered. And, and it is something that I'm going to be looking into and, and definitely uh, fight for. If it means that, that, you know, you're, it'll, it'll keep, um, people of a particular persuasion and ideology from, from basically just sabotaging the election, you know, declaring that they're one thing when in reality they're not. Yeah. And I mean, that's the way they're ruling because, you know, I don't like the word conservative anymore because conservative Mm -hmm. could mean anything. Um, And the goalpost for conservatism moves faster. It seems like than Fauci moves his, his goal 
goalpost. And so mm-hmm. what is conservative today was not conservative 10 years ago. So when somebody says I'm a conservative, no, I, I, I th- that means nothing to me anymore. But what does mean something <laughs> to me is yeah. what you like how you had laid it out in your your page on who you are and you say that you're going to mean what you say and say what you mean. Every yeah. year we get these flyers in the mail. We get these commercials on TV that talk about how all these people are pro-life and they're for small government and they want to lower your taxes and they're fighting for the second amendment. But then they go, they win elections, they go to the state and nothing ever gets done. And then the all next right. election, you get the same flyer from the same politician. Like I am mm-hmm. hoping Indiana is waking up and mm-hmm. And so it's so frustrating to me that, that people can't see through that, but there is another way and there's another way Mm -hmm. to govern. And I think that you are a great example of that way. And that is to say what you mean, what mean, what you say, well, you got listed here on your website, Luke, like Mm -hmm. no politician would ever answer those questions in public. You believe that life begins at conception and you want to abolish it. All right. Mm -hmm. Like abolish abortion. Yeah. Right. Yep. And, and, you know, like people just don't say that kind of stuff on the second amendment. Um, it says mm-hmm. without this recognized, right, all other rights are essentially indefensible at the end of the day. You said, I, I am, un- I will unashamedly and unapologetically stand for and defend your right to keep and bear arms if elected. And the thing is, is I believe you. And the reason I believe you is because, First of all, I mean, I think that you, when you talk about your faith in God and how Christ has changed your life radically since 2004 after you got saved, like, you know what? I'm a Christian. I don't hear politicians talking like that. I know this. I know that Christ radically changed my life in 2009, and I've never been the mm-hmm. same. I can, and, and, praise, and God. praise God for that, right? And I mean, He saved mm-hmm. me, and I was the chief of sinners, and mm-hmm. and He has radically changed my life. But I guess what I'm trying to say is, is Luke, like I've talked to David, I've talked to you now. I'm talk, I've talked to um, Richard Bagsby. Um, I've talked to. I got some other people on and I got some local people I've talked to and it just seems like it's different with you guys. It, it seems like you guys do mean what you say and say what you mean. And you have no problems going down to the state house and getting your teeth kicked in for the sake of your constituents. Are you willing yeah. to sacrifice yourself for this, for the state of your neighbor? Yes, absolutely. And I, I think that's what we need to be driven by. I mean, it, it, it has to be that sacrificial love and, and people have to know that we love them. I mean, it's not like it may not be a popular. I mean, I was talking to a candidate recently who said that they, they would they would vote for the heartbeat bill and they would probably like vote to to outlaw abortion. But at the end of the day, they were like a lot of people are for abortion. And it's like. Yeah, I'm sorry, you know, I I mean, it. Just if if the majority of people are for murder, I'm not as a legislator just going to say, okay, well, the loving thing to do for you is just to allow you to murder people. You know, it's it it, it love doesn't always look like just just laying down under tyranny and laying down 
I might have said always. It doesn't ever look like that. Love does not lay down under tyranny. It does not lay down under under wickedness. You know, when it when it's in front of you, love actually stands up and fights. And um, yeah, and, and you know what? How you do that is one way and one way only. And this is what I guess I was trying to get at. The only way mm-hmm. you're able to do that, Luke, and I believe you when you say this, and I believe John Jacob, and I believe Kurt Nisley, and I believe. Uh, David as well, um, Hewitt, mm-hmm. is you guys fear God. You know that your political mm-hmm. life and your 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 relationship with God are not separate. It's one. And how mm-hmm. you rule, you're going to have to stand account before your creator one day, and he will judge you. He will judge mm-hmm. every politician who's ever mm-hmm. ruled, whether they ruled in the fear of him, because all through Scripture from Samuel to Romans— um, it talks about there's only one way to rule rightly, and that's in the fear of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And that's what I see, I guess, what I'm saying out of you and what what, what your, your page says and who you say you are. Like, I see that fear of God coming through, and that makes me attracted to wanting you to be the next representative for District 47. Mm-hmm. You do, but, I would just say, yeah, I would say I'm not— I, I don't see myself as perfect, but I, I want people like that that will fear God, you know, in office. And I hope that, you know, our, the, the constituents of 47 and even in all of our state, like, realize how, like, vitally important that is um, to have people in office um, that, that really do fear God and they don't fear man. Um, I was just reminded of how you know, just someone, I, I think a few times I've, I've talked to people and they talk about like, like, well, well, yeah, I hope you're not, you know, lying to me. I said, no, I, you know, I wouldn't lie to you. And I said, I, I believe that all liars have their part in the lake, which burns with fire and brimstone. You know I mean? It's, that's, that's, that's pretty serious, you know, like, like to, to lie, to not, to not tell the truth. I, I, I I'm going to have to stand before God and give an account for that. Like I, I care more about, well, you know, what, what at the end of the day, um, I care more about what God thinks about me than what, than what man does. And, um, and, you know, there's, there's a balance to that. I think, I think, you know, you know, as I, I know some people just outright treat people like garbage and they say, I don't, I don't care, you know, what people think about me. I only care what God thinks about me, you know? So I think that the proper balance of that is that I, I, I don't care necessarily what people think about me more than I care what, uh, what they think about my God because of me, you know? And that's good. And that's a great way to say that. And at the same time, you're not going to, the, the world is not going to like it. Right. So you, you got to put that mm-hmm. kind of, you got to balance that the world, the world doesn't want to hear that. The world doesn't want to hear anything about God. You know they 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 hate God and 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 so it is a spiritual warfare down there, and in politics and down there at the state house. You know it's not between flesh and blood, and what you see going on right now is people think that it's against flesh and blood. The way that they treat mm-hmm. Nisley and Jacob, and anytime they try to offer a amendment, they just kill the bill. And I mean they they think that the the battle is between flesh and it's not. It is a spiritual battle. It's between. Principal, uh, Prince, Prince, oh my, I can't even say it. Prince, uh, you say it for Principality. me. Principality. Thank you. Thank you. You <laughs> saved me. I appreciate that. Um, but it is, and, and, and it's, 
it's what's going on at the state house right now. Like people are are just acting like I don't know children. It's it's kind of hard to watch actually. But on your page, uh, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say I I read something recently. I thought um, I, I might share is is by the 19th century poet uh, James Russell Lowe. He um, just said, you know, Christianity's impact was aptly summarized by him. He says, I challenge any skeptic to find a 10 square mile spot on this planet where they can live their lives in peace and safety and decency, where womanhood is honored, where infancy and old age are revered, where they can educate their children, where the gospel of Jesus Christ has not gone first to prepare the way. If they find such a place, then I would encourage them to immigrate thither and there proclaim their unbelief. <clears throat> That's good. So, I mean, a lot of our society doesn't realize how much they benefited from from the, the principles, you know, of biblical Christianity and how we're currently living. Like, like the, the blessings, like God does want to bless civilizations. And I believe from a biblical standpoint, uh, he's given us the means by which to do that um, the most, you know, but they, they want to tear down, you know, everything that's been you know, bequeathed to us through those principles and, and, and just, you know, what we're going to be left with is, 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 is just going to be, going to be ugly, you know, which I think we, we, we want to lovingly warn people of. Yeah, that's, that's good. Um, real quick, moving through another couple points here, uh, mm -hmm. your issues, uh, you believe that the greatest corruption is allowed when the government is allowed to control more and more of our hard-earned money and lavishly and recklessly spend it without true accountability. Luke will fight to control and shrink government by reducing taxes and ending unconstitutional programs that sap our hard-earned freedom into the bellies of the blood-sucking parasites or politicians and their cronies that crawl through the halls of our statehouse. For instance, eliminating gun permits and passing constitutional carry could save gun owners an estimated $4.9 million a year. So that that's amazing. I mean, I, I, I think that, that we are overtaxed, and I think at some point it became theft. So my hmm. question to you, and I asked David Hewitt the same question, um, why do you think the rate that we're getting taxed right now is Hoosiers? Do you think that is that 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 is theft, or do you think that those are fair taxes that we're paying right now? Um, I mean, our people don't think about it this way anymore. But but um, in, in a way, yes, it's theft. It's 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 an extreme encroachment upon our freedom as well. Um. You know, the, the, you know, reading some of the founders, some of the, like, like John Leland, he, he wasn't like, I don't think he ran for office or anything like that, but he's a, he was a Baptist uh, preacher in Virginia. He was like ripped out of his pulpit and a bullwhip shoved in his mouth from a, from a local constable. Uh, these are people that, that, that understood, you know, what, what, uh, what, what things can happen when government tries to, uh, you know, abuse religion and use and, and, and and that whole thing, as far as uh, you know, the separation of church and state, which was you know more of a thing between uh, the Danbury Baptists who wrote a letter to Thomas Jefferson, just wanting to ensure that you know the state wasn't going to tell them what to preach, basically, and 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 that 
know, um, that, that also they, they know church was going to be established, you know, over the rest of them. But, uh, John Leland actually explained, uh, that the money, he actually, he actually called it our freedom. And I mean, if you, you think about that, it's, it's, he, or he likened money to freedom and he actually g- gave it that title. And it's like, if you think about it, like your very ability to work and, and provide for yourself a living, um, it, it is what allows you in a sense to be free. Um, it is a, it is a very much a representation of your freedom. And, and, you know, I think biblically speaking, and, and even, you know, this, I think this is really reflected in the Republican party platform that, that, that government should be very limited. Um, it, it should, it should be there for the punishment of evildoers and, and, and really for the praise of them that do well. And that does happen in our state house. You know, we, we, you know, we honor people, you know, in certain, certain groups for the, for the contributions they made to society. I believe that's a, I believe that's a biblical way or function of government. But if you if you really look at that, it's 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 really a limited role that government has. And and every single thing that, that government has not been involved in right now is is the to put it kind of kindly, I think, would be called theft. I mean, there's there's about, I think, four million dollars uh, last I check of of our tax money that goes to. Uh, arts programs um in our state um in like my, my mom's an artist and and she actually you know was telling me a story about an artist that she knows about here in indiana that that got an, a, a grant um to, to actually take a trip to europe it was basically just a vacation um so that they could get inspiration for their art um programs you know um when when we're taking our freedom and, and basically using it for things like that. It's like, and, and we have such a, you know, surplus, you know, billions of dollars in surplus. Um, it, it is, it is uh, definitely, I would, I would count it as a theft. I would call it a, a misappropriation of our money. And, and really, I, I think that Indiana, I think that Hoosiers can, you know, spend their money a lot better than our government can. Well said. Well said, brother. On your page here under Meet Luke, I like the first sentence or the first part of the sentence. It says, Luke confesses and proclaims that Christ is king. And that is the mentality that I've been hearing over and over again for all these primary challengers who are going against incumbents that I have talked to. And it seems like you guys are very like-minded, and I think you'll be able to work really well together and uh, I hope uh, I hope the best for you, Luke. I really do. If you were running in my district, man, I would I would be right there fighting with you. I'd be volunteering, I and I'd be contributing. And and so, if you do want to volunteer uh, and help Luke with his campaign, you can go to his website, and on there, there's an icon that says "Volunteer." You can click on that, and if you want to contribute to his campaign. There's an icon there as well. That is Luke. What's your uh, vote for LukeCampbell.com? So go to VoteForLukeCampbell.com, and there's a con- contribute button that you can hit, and you can donate to his campaign. I encourage everybody to do that. Um, and then also, um, where else is there anywhere else that they can contribute to 
Do you have any other like uh, pages or social media platforms that they can make contributions to your campaign on? Uh, no, that's that's the that's probably the best place that they could do it. I mean, it's 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 through raise the money as well. Um, you know, but once you click on that contribute link, it'll take you to my raise the money page, which is just the the politics dot raise the money dot com, and then forward slash en. I think that's short for English, but forward slash l campbell but if that's too complicated just go to vote for luke campbell.com uh, and get the links right there all right brother again um you know what i know my family and i uh and i are keeping you in your prayers we're praying for you um, we're praying for your campaign we think that this is what indiana needs in this next election um and they need god-fearing men and women who are proclaiming that Christ is king and they're going to rule in a way that is going to be like dew on the grass in the mornings. And just from talking to you, Luke, um, I think you're that guy. And, uh, and so we'll be following your race closely. Um, if there's anything we can do to help you out, let us know. We'd be happy to do it and use this podcast to put on your page and reference people to it. Uh, we want a tool for your tool bag. Um, so thank you yes, for your time, Luke. Thank you for coming on this podcast. Um, yeah, I appreciate it. Absolutely. I guess the only, only thing I was thinking is that, you know, um, you, I, I, you know, Spurgeon said that, that every Christian is either a missionary or an imposter. And I, I believe there's, there's a lot of, of professing Christians, um, in our state and, and I, I would I would just ask them to consider that, you know, that that every Christian truly is um, supposed to be a missionary. And and every every, um, you know, I, I think the, the vast majority of Christians, they they don't they're, they're not going to be full time missionaries. Right. I mean, they're not just going to be given money and sent off to some land or whatnot. They're going to be working a job somewhere. And, and a lot of them work those jobs 40 hours a week. Um, if they're true Christians, like I'm encouraged because I believe they're going to be a missionary in that arena. Uh, they're going to bring that that place wherever they're at, you know, um, for the majority of the time interacting with with others who are non-Christians. They're going to bring them to the foot of the cross. And, and I think that's that's what we need in our state house. Um, there there is a lot of professing Christians in our state house, but um you know, I'm not sure if this was talked about on your last podcast, but it's it's like we, you know, many will come to to Jesus on that day and say, Lord, Lord, and he'll say, I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. Um, and, and I used to be that way for years. I was I was believing I was saved, believing I was on my way to heaven. And in reality, I was on my way to hell. Um, and, and, you know, being a Christian is truly something that's miraculous. It's where God gives you a new heart. He takes out your heart of stone and he gives you a heart of flesh. He literally crucifies you with Jesus. He puts you in the grave with the Lord Jesus and he raises you to walk in newness of life. And unless that miraculous thing has happened, you know, I question whether or not you truly uh, become a Christian. But we need we need uh, obviously Christians to be salt and light in every area of society and and I think that one of the reasons that our state house is in the condition that it's in is because we haven't had uh, that true witness there that needs to be there. 
Amen. And I agree. Um, that is exactly what we were praying for uh, through this last couple years, is that we would have godly men and women raise up, rise up, and and take control of our state government in a way that is a blessing to the people. And the only way that is, is through Christ. And so we're just super excited that, and, and that there are men and women who are now stepping up and there are many of them. It seems like I don't know yes. them all, but I'm meeting yeah. more and more every day. And it's encouraging. it is so yeah. encouraging because it seems like when the world is at a mess and it's falling apart with everything around us, due to secularism, I may add. And the whole reason it's falling apart is because secularism cannot stand and it's only going to destroy societies. And that's what the narrative coming through our TVs every day, that's the narrative coming from our federal government, from our Supreme Court. I mean, it's the narrative that is just being pushed on us is secularism, secularism, secularism. But in that, when you lose hope or you take your eyes off of Christ and you're thinking that it's all doomed because we're human beings and we have a tendency to do that. Um, through that, though, what we're seeing being raised up, especially in the state of Indiana right now, is God's mercy and his grace because there are Christian men and women rising to the top of and saying, I I'm going to go to the state house. Lord, send me. I am going to be faithful to you. I am going to serve you first and foremost. And then I'm going to serve my constituents. Because at the end of the day, if the politician serves God first, then their constituents will be blessed. And yes, sir. So yeah. the, sec- the secular model benefits self, and that's that's all it really benefits. It does. And you know what? Christ and his his principles, biblical principles, they are the exact opposite. They are selfless. And there's not too many people, too many politicians at the state house right now who are selfless. They're all self-seeking. And it's yeah. clear from their fruits. Yes, sir. And um, so praise God for you, Luke, honestly. And uh, we'll be praying for you. And we are supporting you. And we uh, appreciate the time that you have given on this podcast today. And we look forward to watching that primary night and seeing your name on the TV screen. And we are praying that you'll have a check mark by it at the end of the night, my man. Yes, sir. Thank you so much, man, for having me on. Yep. And uh, so now take care and uh, hopefully we'll talk at some point here in the near future. All right. Yes, sir. Yep. You and your family have a blessed night. All right. God bless you, man. All right. Thanks. Yep. Bye.